The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. Okay, guess what? The Canucks they might have lost one game this weekend, but they picked up another dub and things keep rolling along. And guess what? A great game over the weekend. Connor Garland. This one's for the little guys. You're listening to Locked On Canucks. You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Canucks, and also a part-time credential media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we got to thank you. Yes, you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It's your team. Now scratch that. Your Canucks every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions to buy. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we got to talk about a guy who wanted out of town. He's still here. And while the points might not be there, the guy's making an impact. And hey, Connor Garland finally hit the score sheet last night. Don't trade this guy, Vancouver. We're also going to get to Trevor's notes presented by Kyle, where we'll touch on the decision to scratch Nils Hoaglander. And finally, we'll end on comment quarter, saving the best for last but let me get to no that was i'm not saving the best for last i'm getting to the best first and that's introducing kyle bowen how you doing brother i'm doing good for real one love to trevor bags one love to the people listening and watching the program uh, we are all canucks man i'll say it off the top man love us or hate us we are all canucks uh we're in this together and we're 11 3 and 1 after 15 games i was texting the homie yesterday and i meant this this is no fluke like this is actually happening that's mad impressive and that's hard to do and the Vancouver Canucks with some elite talent and now some depth that's coming through for them and producing wins is is telling us that this team's actually good at hockey you know it's been such a surprise and I don't think we're drinking the Kool-Aid I think it's just a new reality check for real anyways more on that throughout the episode we'll get to common corner at the end of the episode and man remembrance day one love the Wally one love Trevor Bags, Monday, Canuck Talk. One love. Take it away. Yeah, one love to everybody listening. Yeah, shout out to the veterans. Shout out to uh, everyone celebrating Diwali. I heard the fireworks popping off last night. You know, it's uh, people are having a good time. Dude, in the I gotta say this. I gotta say this. I gotta say this. Okay, before we, we talk about the fireworks, they're loud. Boom, bam. I'm not a fireworks guy. I've never been a fireworks guy. I'd rather just go inside and watch reruns of Sports Center. You know, for real. That's just the truth, okay? That's just, a, that's just what I would do. I'm pretty sure Trevor Beggs would do the same. Uh, this all being said, I said this on Canada Day as well on the show, and I'm going to say it after the Wally, the day after the Wally. If you're lighting up fireworks and you're not cleaning up after yourself, karma, man, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. Anyways, Canuck Talk, Begsy, take it away. Well, I think Kyle has said this on the program many times, but just don't don't litter, man. Don't litter. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that people maybe are listening to the show and not littering, you know, being good people, all that good karma is hey. uh, contributing to the Canucks having, you know, one of the best starts in the NHL so far this season. Uh, the Canucks, again, top five team, 23 points, one of five teams over 20 uh, with over 20 points, and they're 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 games. Now, they did suffer their first regulation loss, uh, their only regulation loss over the last 10 games on Saturday against Toronto, but ended the weekend strong with a 5-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. 
And the, you know, one guy who had an impact against the Montreal Canadiens, it was Connor Garland. Now, I wanted to talk about Garland today because, you know, this guy, he's, he's been through some stuff, okay? You know, apparently the season starts, this guy's talking about wanting to get out of Vancouver. We fast forward to now, and you look at his counting stats, the guy has two goals, five points in 15 games. It's nothing that jumps off the page. It really doesn't scream $4.95 million winger. But you know what? Connor Garland is having a quiet impact for this team, okay? When Connor Garland's on the ice, the Canucks are driving possession. He's got the best Corsi 4 percentage on the team at 58.9%. Better than Quinn Hughes. Better than Elias Pettersson. Better than every single regular Canuck on this roster. When Connor Garland's on the ice, not a lot is happening in the Canucks' own zone, okay? Uh, Connor Garland has also only been on the ice for two even-strength goals against. Um, only four Canucks have been on the ice for two or fewer goals, even-strength goals against. Uh, and then last night, that third line, Kyle. We talked about in the summer, pairing up Connor Garland with Pew Suter. It's coming to fruition, baby. That line last night with Pew Suter, Dakota Joshua, and Connor Garland, they were on the ice for 12 shots, four, and zero, zero shots against that even strength. And also, you know, they contributed one goal, and, you know, Garland scores another one uh, on a line change with uh, Miller's line on the ice. So, uh, Connor Garland, uh, I don't think you should be traded. Kyle, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Garland's play, and, and would you be trading this guy right now? I would not be trading Connor Garland, he's so impactful to not just the bottom six, but the game in general because he seems to always have have the puck, and he seems to also always be breaking into the offensive zone. He's such a good skater. He's so confident, man. And for a team that's like in the trade market, the quote-unquote trade market for a defenseman, uh, why would you also be in the trade market to get rid of one of your better players who's driving, who's driving play in the bottom six? Like I feel like, again, the new reality check for the Vancouver Canucks is – making sure they're good, making sure they're good, not just getting lucky, getting into the playoffs. Now we're, we're already good. It's like staying here. And, and this is the hard part. Like staying here is the hard part. Having, having this type of pressure and, you know, we've kind of said it in the past too with the Vancouver Canucks. Like this team has, this core has seemed to like crumble when there's a little bit of pressure on them, you know, a little, just a little bit, a little bit of expectations. Well, the expectations are going to come on the daily now. Uh, you're going to get the best of every team you're facing. So to stay there, it's going to be harder, and it would just make no sense to trade Connor Garland, again, a guy who is so so impactful on the bottom six. It's just it's just something to uh, to hold on to. I think his chemistry with Joshua and Pew Suter, and just having Pew Suter have somebody reliable next to him, I think it's going to bring out the best in him, and I think we're slowly, slowly seeing how he can be an impactful player. I don't know the exact stats for that line in general. You may have it in front of you, but all three of them are just dominating throughout like a stretch of games. It wasn't just yesterday. It wasn't just yesterday. Am I correct on that? Cause I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you are. And I, <laughs> you are, you are right. Con. I did write about it last night for, uh, for daily hive there. And when I wrote the recap, but that third line, you know, in the ice time that they've been together, they've been dominant. So in general, uh, they've outshot the opposition 40 to 17 when they've been on the ice, uh, they've outscored the opposition five, nothing. Um, so yeah, they've, they've been driving play. And again, that line has not been on the ice for an even strength goals again, a goal against this season. Now it hasn't been all 15 games. They've been together. Uh, Garland started the season on uh, Pedersen's line before Mikhaev returned. Uh, Joshua missed a game when he was a healthy scratch. So, but really it's over the last handful of games where, yeah, I, again, I think their impact's been kind of quiet because the Canucks top six has taken up all the attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause Pedersen's line's still rolling. JT Miller, Brock Besser, that line is still rolling. Um, but again, it's like, it's, it's such a luxury to have with, you know, not just the third line, I think the fourth line too. And I, we'll touch more on that in segment two. 
Um, but the Canucks, like their whole forward group is rolling right now. And you kind of looked at the Canucks forward makeup in past seasons and thought, dang, they can have a guy like Brock Besser or Connor Garland on the third line. Like it's an absolute luxury for this team. Didn't feel like luxury in past years because this, this team wasn't doing a lot of winning. But now this team's winning. Things are rolling along. It is, uh, it's pretty nice to have guys like Connor Garland in your bottom six. Dude, so Make nice. it an impact. So nice, man. So nice. And you brought up like the potential of Brock Besser being there at the start of the season. And just thinking about the depth and the, the way this lineup would look, it's just way better when it's Connor Garland in the bottom six and not Brock Besser. And it just comes down to skating and what you need from your bottom six. And Connor Garland, again, confident and just in general, always been a good skater. But something something is like, I don't know if he's still willing to get traded. He's trying to, you know, do his best to show the league what he can bring to the table if that's why he's skating a little. You know what I'm saying? He just looks different. He looks different than another guy. And this is kind of ironic with the bottom six because he didn't play yesterday too. One of our fastest players throughout the whole season. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know the analytics are out to the public, but it's Niels Hoaglander. And, like, having both of those guys in the bottom six, it gives you a better chance to drive play. Like, they're both skilled guys. I think they both can learn a lot from each other because they kind of play similarly. Well, I guess Hoaglander can learn from Garland. And, yeah, it just comes down to that speed, man. You just need that. You need that tenacity, and it's easy to produce tenacity when you're, when you're that fast, that confident, and that in control. Yeah, and let's. Uh, I think that's a good segue to segment two because I do want to talk about the decision to scratch Nils Hoglander. He did not play last night against the Montreal Canadiens with Teddy Bluger returning to the lineup. Uh, before I do that, let us know in the comments, would you trade Connor Garland right now? And the one last thing I'll say on that is if you get fair value for Garland, like if you're trading, again, Garland I think is could be a top six winger on most teams. He's a third-line winger on a good team right now. That, that team is your Vancouver Canucks, baby. But if you could trade Garland straight up for top four HR defensemen, then it makes sense. But retaining salary on a guy selling for pennies on the dollar does not make sense because this guy, is, this guy is still a damn good hockey player. So once again, let us know in the comments, would you trade Connor Garland? And if so, what's the realistic return you'd expect right now? On the other side, we're going to get to Trevor's notes presented by Kyle, uh, touching on this Hoaglander and a few other things. Before we do that, I got to let you know passion drive and patience that's what's great that that's what brings home the winning trophy and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, baby. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Okay, okay, you're back on another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. More importantly, that right there is Trevor Beggs. But even more importantly than that, this is the show that gives you your Canucks every day. Hit the like button and the subscribe button if you did enjoy today's episode. And if you didn't, I know we are all Canucks, but if you didn't like the show, don't like the episode, okay? Save the world with one less lie at a time. I feel as if that's the only way we can find peace uh, or reading. Or reading, man. I've had a crazy morning, man. I've had a crazy morning. Woke up again super early for the people. 
uh, for myself as well. I've been reading a book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind, and it was Diwali yesterday, so I'm going to be like a super Hindu for the rest of the week, man. A super Hindu. It's just the truth. Uh, Begsy, how was your morning? Oh, man, my morning. I, I got to say, my son right now, he wakes up between 5 and 5.40 every day, man. Nice. So He's grinding. Even on a weekend, even when you, you like to sleep in a bit, uh, I'm up early, man, and uh, had a few drinks last night with uh, had to have family dinner, and I ditched the family dinner to uh, Reddit Connects recap. So you know, hey, life is good, man. Just trying to balance a few things here. Straight up, and you should you should encourage him waking up early, man, so he can get on that you know early grind when he's a bit older. Applaud that, man. Don't don't dread it, man, because I can see it in your eyes, bro. You're dreading it. Anyways, got to get on to uh, uh, more of Trevor's notes. Over the weekend, man, for real. I know this guy was John down notes the whole weekend. And, uh, man, Locked on Canucks. Uh, we got to talk about it right now. All right. Trevor's notes presented by Kyle. Note number one is Hoaglander. I'm curious to, to see this at the top because it was a pretty eventful weekend, you know, losing to Toronto, not showing up, not having our legs, and then seeing – you know, what they did in Montreal, uh, maybe you're going to talk about how they had four out of six points on this three-game three, three game Canada trip, uh, but you're starting off with Hoglander, and I think it's because you're a little disappointed. Am I correct? Because I'm disappointed. I am. Honestly, I, I can't say I'm disappointed. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see Hoglander in the lineup, but I think the Canucks are in a situation where a lot of guys are playing well, and so it comes down to who you're going to take out of the lineup. And I think Hoglander and Joshua were the easy choices, and I think a big reason why... Uh, the Canucks chose to keep Joshua in over Huglander is, you know, A, Joshua's got the physicality that Huglander mm-hmm. doesn't have. But more importantly, that third line is rolling right now. No, as you mentioned off the top. It's like, yeah, I don't want to say they've been the best line of the Canucks. They were the best line on Sunday night. So, um, but that's that line showing chemistry. Dakota Joshua and Pew Suter have hooked up for a few goals. Uh, and the line's just winning their battles. They're winning their matchups. So Bruh. I don't think that's the line you wanted to break up. And then you look at the fourth line and then it's a matter of, you know, is it La- Lafferty's not coming out? And then it's kind of Hoaglander or, Gar- or um, Hoaglander or Beauvillier. So I think when it comes down to Hoaglander or Beauvillier, I think Beauvillier is just the safer player. Like Hoaglander has got more skill. He's been, I think, more impactful offensively than, than Beauvillier has. But Hoaglander's also got more mistakes. You know, we've seen like, you know, sloppy icing calls and stuff. Uh, Beauvillier has been a bit quieter than Hoaglander, but uh, he plays more mistake-free hockey. Okay, for you, it comes down to, I guess, again, being a safer player, being more of a pro, uh, being more certain and not like icing the puck on some lazy plays. And I kind of get that, but I feel as if Hoaglander, Teddy Bluger, and Lafferty would just bring a lot to the table. And Hoaglander's been so fast and tenacious. And I know it comes with a little bit of, again, miscues that you just mentioned before, but I feel as if the trade-off is is worth it. Speaking of trade-off, I think there is a bit of a sentiment that the Canucks don't want a healthy scratch Beauvillier because they want to use him in a trade and they want to prop him up as best as possible. Uh, but this being said, I feel as if if this team is so focused on being better, they can't really use that as an excuse to not maybe pick the better skater at the time. Because I do think it's Hoaglander. I feel as Hoaglander is way more noticeable than Beauvillier. And it more comes down to this. You thought you brought up the third line. I really close my eyes and I'm I, and I dream about this. And I've done so over the last couple of days. And it can't, you know, it just made more sense after seeing a little bit of Teddy Bluger. And we'll get to Teddy Bluger in 10 seconds. But Lafferty, Bluger, and Hoaglander just seem to be something that would work. It, I feel as if that line actually makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I see where you're going with it. I, I, again, I don't think Bovillier is a bad fit there either. And yeah, it's like I said, uh, Hoglander, I, I agree with you. He's been more impactful offensively. He's been more noticeable. But I think Bovillier just plays more stake for hockey, which uh, with this Canucks team right now, um, yeah, I think they can afford they, they can afford to make the move either way, to be of honest course. with you. But, they don't got to uh, listen I, to us. I, I get talking decision there. They don't got to listen to us. If they listen to us, they'd be they'd be four, seven, and whatever, you know? For real. They'd be four, <laughs> seven, and four, okay? It's just the truth. Anyways, Teddy Bluger, you brought up mistakes. I feel as if he was okay and that sometimes he was just a little rusty, which is, you know, something that does make a lot of sense. Uh, what, what, what did you think about Teddy Bluger and his place in the lineup? And I, I felt as if something that really stood out for me was one of uh, – one of Shorthouse's comments, I don't know if he had the volume on during the game, but he, he compared Bluger cerebralness to Elise Patterson's. Hmm. Like a watered-down version, but the, it came down to in- intelligence. Anywho, how, how did he feel about Teddy Bluger and his first game with the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, yeah, I thought he looked fine. I think you're right, probably a, a little bit quiet. Uh, his, you know, on-ice impact, you know, he was on the ice for more shots against than shots for um, but he certainly wasn't, you know, eased back into the lineup. You know, at even strength, he played more than Pedersen did. <laughs> played 13-36 at even strength. Whoa. Um, would have liked him on the penalty kill more, but I guess, you know, the fact that the Canucks didn't really take mm-hmm. a lot of penalties, you know, that that's a good thing. But, <laughs> you know, 14 minutes overall for Bluger. Um, yeah, quiet, quiet impact for sure, but it's nice to see him back in the lineup. Um, yeah. You know, again, he blocked that shot in preseason and didn't seem like much, and here we are a month later, so... Uh, just nice to have him back in the lineup. But, yeah, I don't have too many great thoughts in this game other than that, you know. No, nice fair enough. Fair enough. And I already told you how I feel as if, uh, feel as if uh, Hoaglander would complement his game really well. And we should also note that the Canucks had a really awful preseason optically from people like us, like our perspective, because we just, you know, we get too emotional about things, right? That being said, the 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 lone bright spot, like he was really bright, was Teddy Bluger. And now he's back. The Canucks aren't a joke, yo. Don't listen to, what's his name, Don LeCision, Don, that guy, don't listen to him. Don't do it. Block him. Why not? Uh, don't don't buy into his hype, because the Canucks are for real. Casey DeSmith, he's for real, too. Alvin and Rutherford, they're, their pro scouting and their pro acquisitions have been A-minus, A-level, based on how they've been able to up this team's depth. And Casey DeSmith is a big reason why the Canucks are 11-3-1. It's, it's kind of a, like, to an extent, I don't know why sometimes I look at the stats and I'm like, yo, this can't last. I'm a little alarmed. Uh, Casey DeSmith is not going to be like this the whole way. But, yo, you also look at his track record, and he has stretches where he's been a really good goaltender. And now he's behind Demko and Tockett and, is the, the, and the team. And, dude, we may have one of the best backups in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one, one stat I love is uh, quality start percentage. So, it's really the, you know, how many quality starts does a, a goaltender give their team? And the league average is about 53. And it's really how many games is your goaltender delivering above the league average save percentage? Casey Smith has a quality start percentage of 80% so far. He's only had one bad start. And that start was against the New York Rangers. And the only reason that he ended up with, you know, a below average save percentage that night is because the Canucks gave him multiple five on three goals mm-hmm. <laughs> and and an overtime goal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Casey Ooh. Smith, I don't think he's had a bad game so far, man. No, he's he hasn't. So solid between the pipes. Dude, I would trade. I said this before. I would say I would trade eight for fifth round picks for Casey DeSmith. Because this season matters, man. They got to sign Pedersen, man. Pedersen is like at like 97%, 95%. There's something a little off of Pedersen. He's one of the best players in the league, and he's proven it on the stat sheet. They got to extend Pedersen. They needed Casey DeSmith. They also need, needed Philip Peronic. And you, you know what? I think yesterday was probably not his 
best game defensively. Like, there was a couple miscues. I, I think the Canucks are just a little tired, for real. This three-day break is going to do a lot for them. Uh, but but this all being said, man, Hironic has just been too impressive. I know we gave him an episode last week. I'm not saying anything new, but this dude is really strong, really confident, and it's he's, he's not being propped up by Quinn Hughes. I, I don't like that, man. I, I don't like that language. I don't think it's the truth. I think this guy knows he's good at hockey, and he's just – He's just doing him, man. He seems like a very fluid player right now. Yeah, he's been so solid. And I think a couple stats on him. He's on a 10-game point streak <laughs> right now. It is the longest point streak by a Canucks defenseman in 34 years. And if he gets a point on Wednesday against the Islanders, it'll tie him for the longest point streak by a Canucks defenseman in franchise history. Um, there's another stat, too. Uh, it's, he's the seventh defenseman in the past 30 years with an assist streak of 10-plus games. Um, some of the other guys to do it are Eric Carlson, Kale McCarr, Josh Morrissey, Gary Galley, Roman Yosi, and Sergey Gonchar. So again, everything's working for Hronik. And Kyle, I think you're right. It wasn't his best game of the season against the Habs on Sunday night. But he still ended up being on the ice for two goals, four, and zero goals against. Like I said, <laughs> he's a cocky player, man. I, I love watching him play because there's a sureness in his game. I, I like how he's trying to do too much. There was a there was a there was a play that he made uh, in the defensive zone where he kind of threw the puck up the middle behind his back to Besser, and it was a clean pass. Ten seconds later, the Canucks couldn't get the puck out. But I, again, I think the trade off for that, yeah, it could go the other way and burn us. But I feel as if the Canucks need cocky players. They need some confident players from the top of their lineup. And I'm surprised that we're not just getting that from Hughes, Miller, and Pedersen. We're also getting that in Heronic and. He's on a contract here, too. He's got a lot to prove, and he's a member of your Vancouver Canucks, and we talked about the pro acquisitions for this this management group. That was a ballsy one. That was a ballsy one. Yeah. But the Canucks desperately needed a guy like that. Hey, they desperately needed a guy like Ian Cole, too. I don't see him on your notes, but, man, that dude's been mad consistent and mad impressive, and I would not be surprised if the Canucks sign him to an extension within, in the next couple of months. It's just the truth. He seems yeah. like a talking guy, an Albie Rutherford guy. Maybe he's enjoying Vancouver. Hey, maybe he's enjoying the 420, baby. And the weather, man. The sun is shining today. The Canucks 11-3-1. Uh, they're not a joke. Don't listen to Dom, whatever his name is. I'm sure he's a smart guy, but, dude, only drop those comments for an 11-3-1 team if you're going to start watching every game. Three hours. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious, bro, because no, the Canucks I, I, matter I to the you. NHL. The Canucks matter to the NHL. So if you're going to be talking about them, Dude, tell the truth and watch all the games. Anyways, Trevor's Notes brought to you by Kyle. We got to get to Common Corner and get out of your way because Trevor Beggs got to be a daddy, man. He got to be a daddy, man. His son could wake up at any time, bro. For real. It is what it is, man. Okay, Locked on Canucks, Beggsy Bowen. Uh, who are you shouting out here? I got to let you know that a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Connor Garland could score 50 goals. The Canucks could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is my number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Um, all you have to do is pick whether studs like Garland, Pedersen, Miller will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. 
Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, okay. We back, baby, on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. More importantly, that right there is Trevor Beggs. But more importantly than all that, this is the show that gives you your Canucks every day. Love us or hate us, we're all Canucks, man. And love us or hate us, you got to listen to us when we say this, okay? Uh, you got to do this in this thing called your life. You got to check up on your people and ask them this question. I know I asked you this kind of 10 minutes ago, but just in general. How you doing, Trevor? Hey, sun is shining. The Canucks are 11-3-1. and one. My son hasn't woken up yet, but it could happen any minute, man. But life is good. We should, we should wrap this up, though, man, because I think my, my, my baby's a ticking time bomb right now. Oh, 100%, man. Okay, well, before we get to Common Corner, like, what was the drink of choice last night, man? Red wine? Like, what what, what is a 30-year-old Begsy drinking now, man? Because I know it's different. Uh, cra- craft beer, buddy. Craft beer. Uh, Thankfully, we made the food, so uh, the fam brought over the, the alcoholic beverages. So, um, yeah, I had a couple, a couple nice craft beers last night. Damn, bro. You've really grown up, man. You're a wise guy, man. Went from, this guy was drinking four locals at 29 and a half years old, man. He was, <laughs> he was still going hard, dude. I like it, though, man. Come on, man. You're you a wise man, all right? Uh, actually, are we wise? Are we both wise men? Because this commenter does not think we're wise, okay? Let's get right into it on Common Corner. Welcome to Common Corner, powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from Mr. Candidate. I didn't watch the episode, but I assume you two idiots are off the wagon already. One lost to Toronto, and you think we are frauds. Get a grip and stay the hell away from my sport, you dumb noodle heads. Buddy, relax. Relax and watch the episode, all right? This guy just went after us, calling us like like he thought it was, and comparing us to all other Canucks podcasters. I don't know if they do this, but apparently this guy thought we jumped off the wagon after the Toronto loss and was getting really negative and really thought the Canucks were fraud. Bro, watch the episode, our last episode, okay? Are the Canucks frauds or for real? We've been saying it from day one. Well, not day one, really. <laughs> We've been saying it since, like, day, day nine, okay? The Canucks are for real. Case in point, we dropped the half yard after we lost two straight, Philadelphia-Tampa Bay. A look at the Canucks record after we dropped one of the most positive episodes in Canucks podcast history. It's just the truth. Yeah, bro, to, to segue out of this and just to ask a, a really a really deep question to one of the most intelligent, intelligent guys I know in hockey, Trevor Beggs. Trevor, are, are the Canucks getting lucky? Like, look what happened over this weekend. Two more games to add to the schedule. Are the Canucks a lucky team? I think they've been somewhat lucky so far. But as we mentioned on the episode, and, you know, love us or hate us, you know, rip us or not, you know, go Canucks, go. And thanks again for yep. tuning on, for tuning into the episode, giving us the view, you know, means a lot to us. Um, but yeah, listen to the episode, man. I mean, yeah, the, t- the title asked the question, but I think we answered on the episode. Yeah, the Canucks are probably going to have some regression at some point. That doesn't mean they're frauds, though. Uh, I think there's enough uh, star power on this team. Uh, the goaltending is rock solid. Uh, the top pair is playing lights out. Like, there's enough on this team to say that, hey, this isn't just maybe a bubble team anymore. This is probably a legitimate playoff team. I don't want to quite go Stanley Cup contender. We're not quite there yet. But 11 uh, 3 and 1 is a great way to start the season. And yeah, the Canucks are going to regress a bit at some point. I will say on, on Saturday against the Leafs, I feel like a lot of their good luck came up, to, uh, caught up to them. Mm-hmm. And they got some bad luck against the Leafs on Saturday. You know, they out, they outshot the Leafs for most of that game. They're outplaying the Leafs. The Leafs started to come on once it was tied 2-2. Um, but overall, it felt like the Leafs capitalized on every Canucks mistake. I, I thought the Canucks were the better team on Saturday night. 
Um, but yeah, the game just didn't go their way. So there's going to be games like that, right? There's going to be some regression to the mean, but the Canucks are for real, baby. And we got all that for realness here. All locked on Canucks. If the Canucks were the better team on Saturday, I didn't see it. You know, I watched the game at Tap House. Maybe maybe my uh, vision was blurry. Hey, shout out to Tap House. Shout out to Mirage. Shout out to Surrey. That place is closing down. And I'm heading there on December 15th. If you know, you know. Anyways, I didn't think the yeah, Canucks oh, were the, yeah. I didn't know the Canucks were the better team. I didn't think they were. That being said, I don't think Toronto was that great too, but it all came down to what you just said. I think the the flow of the game and the inability for the Canucks to get into a flow post the first period was taken away from them because, yeah, the Maple Leafs just capitalized on every single mistake, and that happens, man. Uh, also, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team, and the Vancouver Canucks, like they're playing like a good team right now. I do think they're a good team, but they're still learning, hence why I thought the, the win yesterday was so impressive because – yeah, it was the Montreal Canadiens, but remember, the Canucks eight months ago, 12 months ago, seven months ago, were right there with the Montreal Canadiens. So the Canucks have to learn how to do these things too, even though luck, the record is going their way. They still got to be humble. I guess that's what I'm trying to say and learn how to rebound quickly. And I've been more than happy with their response throughout the season. And uh, yeah, the Canucks are a good team, man. I just believe in that throughout the whole week, okay? Again, I've been reading the power of the subconscious mind, bro. Put those good good vibes in your mind. Uh, Begsy and I, a couple months ago, we, we ate our vegetables, we went for a walk. I asked this guy the question out of nowhere. I was like, yo, are the Canucks going to make the playoffs? This guy guaranteed it. Guaranteed it. We were sitting on a log looking at the ocean, and I didn't see that coming. But he said it, okay? Keep those good vibes going. Uh, we're led by stars. We're being led by our depth. And we're signing out on another episode of Locked on Canucks. One love to the world. Uh, Begsy, take it away. Hey, shout out to you for tuning into this episode. We appreciate it. Whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener, a first-time listener, or a new subscriber, we appreciate the heck out of each and every one of you, your family, and your dogs, and even your cats too, okay? Coming up this week on tomorrow's episode, I want to touch on the Canucks Goats of the Week. You know, I'm living the dad life right now. Didn't have time to prep the Goats of the Week, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, The Canucks five best players from the last week of hockey. Also want to touch on Bo Horvat's return to Rogers Arena. He had a few things to say about that. And if you want to hear more about that and our take on the Bo Horvat situation, we'll tell you for free on the latest episode of Locked On Canucks. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy's Cal Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.